All right, everyone. Thank you so much. My name is Anthony Diaz, and this is the Pop Health Show. Welcome. I am really enthused and excited to have on the show today Benjamin Maisano. And so Benjamin has done some really interesting things in health and technology, the convergence. I'm not going to steal his thunder, but Benjamin is the chief technology officer and head of application engineering. He works on the consumer digital side of the business. So his business unit is the consumer digital side, patient facing. Uh, and he does this at Mount Sinai Health System, really powerful things that my, Mount Sinai has been doing, as everyone knows. Um, but anyway, I'm not going to steal your thunder, Benjamin. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Anthony. Thanks for having me. Yes. No, well, well, thanks for peeling off time to do this with me. As I was telling you a little bit beforehand, um, these show episodes are just, you know, a really great way to connect and have a, a conversation about what matters, other people, health is a great expression to be able to be of service to others and help people. But uh, along those lines, I'm sure you have a story that led you to where you're at. I, I'd love to hear a little bit about your origin story or you know, maybe some of the series of events that led you to become the person you are today. Yeah, sure, definitely happy to discuss. And I think uh, the work you guys do at Health Heroes is great and Mount Sinai probably have a lot of aligned divisions. And it is, is usually a long road to, to kind of get to what you're currently passionate about. Um, for me, it, you know, I, I grew up in Connecticut and it started uh, after after UConn at United Healthcare where I was spent the first six years of my career. And that was, you know, massive health insurer for largest in the country. And way back in the days when employers were first trying to figure out how to run their own plan. So I was part of um, teams that got paired up with one of the, the lead architects there figuring out how you take a huge business like United Health and empower others to run a similar localized business that's customized on their platform, right? So it was a lot of like multi-tenant architecture, you know, configuration driven kind of rewriting, platformatizing, um, you know, the employer payer partnership to kind of offer more customized plans to employer sets and, pay, and ultimately patients and members. Um, so that was really fun, and they're kind of rolling up different health systems at the time, uh, different um, insurers like Oxford and and uh, Optum kind of became a thing back then as like reporting and analytics. And so, you know, the big enterprise systems, and, and that's kind of where I got my, my first feet wet um, after being like a network technician at school. So it was fun doing the big batch and, and web enterprise stuff, and um, for family reasons, we actually moved to New Jersey and and started having kids and got into Bank of New York there, another kind of big platform play on the on the financial side. And eventually had enough of big tech companies and, and joined a startup, was kind of first employee joining the founders at a fintech startup um, and Dara, which really you get a bank account or a loan on your on your phone in five minutes, which back in the day was uh, <laughs> show. Hey, it works on the phone, right? And you can <laughs> sell it to banks. Um, but it was really uh, a powerful forms engine, and we kind of followed the money, which was where the the banks had the biggest need for advanced applications and real time processing on mobile then. So a lot of credit unions, banks that we were working with and did get a lot of people, home loans, business loans, auto loans, credit checking accounts um, in a really seamless way and ended up selling that company to a public company. And then, um, you know, fintech was really nice, but I think my passion, and back to your question, was always in healthcare, and um, but not necessarily at a big uh, payer. So did want to get to something like really tangible and in front and 
you know, embedded in the operations with, with patient facing. So joined uh, uh, as kind of co-founder CareDocs, a pediatric platform as CTO there. And that was really ground, ground zero for that business. The, the, the concept was uh, kind of simple, which was let's create a three-sided marketplace where we connect pediatric providers, which is an underserved market already, uh, with parents through schools. And the mm. key special differentiating thing there was the schools, which had a very interesting attribute. If you go ask doctors, and we can talk about pop health being kind of the theme here, you know, if you ask most pop health people, we want to proactively manage people's health. Mm. Like the real savvy ones will actually say, yeah, like, okay, the person I see once a year, you want me to manage their health when like health re probably really happens daily, right? Mm. And so the, the really like special insight was like school nurses are seeing 50 to 90 million pediatric patients a day like like mm. conceptually manage that many they don't see all of them every day but they they're high frequency they're there daily and they're underserved they don't have any of the tools of the traditional health care world and a lot of them are like registered rns right mm. and and so it was like let's connect that group with the providers and hospital systems and pediatricians get the parents to sign off on manage it all as like the actual users if you will that was a really exciting thing we, we raised um a lot of money over 50 million across three rounds and and got to about four per five percent of the population across the country selling to school districts as a channel to launch the platform we gave away the software by the way so that's always interesting scaling things you run into when the revenue model we were figuring out along the way and um, giving a basically a pediatric EMR uh, away for free. We, we, mm. we grew pretty fast across districts and that was really exciting because we, we helped school nurses. My mom's actually was a pediatric nurse at a hospital, then a doctor's office, then a school. So I was always kind of, uh, you know, felt right at home for me to kind of help serve that group. And, uh, and basically help schools collect immunization records, health forms, exams, manage day-to-day -day medications, which they do a lot, and ultimately work out chronic disease programs that manage asthmatics, diabetics, on a more daily monitoring basis. That, that company's still going, and I advise mm -hmm. them, but um, came to Mount Sinai and um, joined and got pulled in by the chief product officer, uh, Dave Kerwar, who had come from Aetna and was spinning up this new group at Mount Sinai that sounded really interesting as consumer digital. That's our department. We're kind of in charge of the patient facing technology with a little bit more of a, a build focus and a customized focus to differentiate than the traditional health systems that, that basically vendor out a lot and end up with a very expensive and fragmented um, experience. The idea here was let's do a startup within Mount Sinai, new product, new team. Um, let's have a real focus on access and navigation. And by the way, let's make sure it's a unified consumer grade experience. Um, we don't want this choppy, fragmented, none of these apps talk to each other thing. We want the health system to be able to develop exactly what they need. So it's almost like Mount Sinai can be our lab where we can really calibrate and, and build a product and we are building a product mm -hmm. right, that, that potentially any, any health system could use. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, no, it's, it, well, it's fascinating about your background, right? You know, full spectrum from, you know, from growing up in it, right. To, you know, focusing on, on FinTech and, and health IT really kind of, you know, if I'm hearing correct, a, 
always a consistent convergence between um, demand, but health, you know, workflows, um, you know, super interesting and obviously brought that innovation to Mount Sinai and have been doing so many different projects. And so it's fascinating too. And obviously you're able to share knowledge with, with other companies and help and advise. Um, so very, very uh, fascinating background, but most importantly at the under undertone is uh, you've helped a lot of people, right? And you're probably helping a lot of people get healthy through the workflows you've, you've created and, and the technology you've implemented. So it's, it's extremely fascinating. Um, tell me a little bit, Benjamin, on the um, today, you know, there, there's, there's the world's changed so much in the last 120 days, as we all know. And so I can imagine like your thinking is changing. There's a lot of reinvention of workflows, reinvention of, of roles, reinvention of or reimagining certain things. Tell me what's new in your world or, or I guess what has you most, uh, you know, excited about the, the opportunities in front of us right now. I'd just love to hear about the present. Sure. Yeah, I think it's a very interesting time and certainly love kind of having uh, facilitated conversations like this where we can share ideas, share notes. I think that's what the industry wants. That's what patients want is like us to collaborate more, right? There needs to be more interoperability. Apps need to talk to each other. It needs to be a seamless healthcare transaction. How easy can you walk in to a store, swipe your credit card and buy something, right? A financial mm -hmm. transaction is ultimately optimized and streamlined for your convenience, right? Mm -hmm. They do a background check. They do a fraud check. They check your credit. They automatically you know, pay the person you're trying to interact with and you worry about the rest later and you're in control of it, right? Mm -hmm. it's the, it feels like the exact opposite in healthcare, right? Nothing has been optimized, consumerized, made convenient for you. It's please fill out this paperwork. It's, you know, give me all your info again. Mm. It's, I don't know who you are. It's going to take a while. We don't know what it's going to cost. Like you just keep mm -hmm. piling up the difference in experiences. Right. Mm -hmm. And that, that I still think, and yes, I, I feel like we, have done a lot in the past with, with some of the work I've been involved with and, and the great teams that have, that have helped do that, but there's still just so much to do. And that's what kind of drives me every morning. It's like, there's, I still wake up like, God, how have we not solved that yet? Like, let's get to that. We got to get to this. And, and the, and it, the, the macro environment actually keeps getting better, even though it's been traditionally a lot of inertia, very hard. Um, a lot of, um, it conflicting incentives in healthcare that are much, much discussed. So I won't get into that, but, but it, it always feels like the trend's actually going in the right direction with like the mm -hmm. cares act lacking down cares act really giving um, solidity to like that. You must be interoperable. You must require these APIs. Like it's basically, you know, the meaningful use plus plus stuff from, from years ago. That's, that's starting to get more traction with fire and, and OAuth 2 and OpenID Connect, there's all these technical reasons we can we can make it work. And there's these huge networks of health exchanges out there. Um, and the EMRs are, you know, kind of coming along and being forced to come along. And then and, and they think you get the startups that they all like want to plug and run and innovate quick and they can get slowed down by some of that. But I think the appetite is there from the consumer mm -hmm. side and that that's got to drive it. And we, it's our job every day to figure it out. Um, so, you know, I think the other thing top of mind is, is not just those healthcare macro things going on, but 
the pandemic and of course the, the silver lining with it is, is, is telemedicine is going to be here to stay it might have been a demand problem somewhat it was mostly a supply chain problem probably and so when you had all this supply okay doctors are at home and you're going to reimburse and the techs you can just pick any tech you want and we're going to waive the the hipaa ba requirements for a little while like all that you know the pandemic was horrible and, and i think it, it really stressed a lot of health systems luckily we didn't get to breaking points i think at mount sinai because of a lot of planning and a lot of work to keep to, to make that happen um, and reroute resources and things but it came close and it came close certainly in New York but uh, the, the the plus long term is I think in the telehealth world that that everyone got a taste of it we got a taste of how it can work the reimbursement around it's getting fixed um, but it's mostly now the willingness and hopefully the demand stays high now and mm -hmm. we got to figure out what happens with the supply as we go back to a new normal. The supply will naturally get, get challenged again, just doctor's time and getting really quality doctors in the telehealth uh, time is important. But, but I, you know, I'm kind of optimistic about that now and, and now it's more like connecting the docs and getting the whole workflow, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I agree with you on everything um, that you're mentioning. And um, it's very fascinating, too. And, you know, um, you brought up something really important, I think, is this CARES Act. And it, it kind of got um, released under the radar when, you know, the whole when COVID started, you know, ramping up in the media. For our listeners, can you recap the CARES Act and, you know, why is that important and, and, and what it's about? Yeah. So, and, and and I definitely wouldn't want to get political about it and what right. what administration started what, but you know, a lot of stuff that started in the Obama administration then has carried over. So a lot of mm -hmm. it hasn't. But the, I think for tech, un luckily for tech, there's actually been good throughout the the last ten years. I'd say on the tech side of these laws, so put aside like uh, the other kind of healthcare stuff and stuff with pharma and all that is. Is I kind of is, is like noise to me. Like I, I'm a technologist. I want tech to help healthcare and help patients. And on that front, and that thread, um, things have been going in the right direction as far as requiring electronic records first, right? And even the government paying for it, and then requiring. Okay, it's not just you can't just have it. You have to have meaningful use around it, and you mm -hmm. actually have to use it. And then like. The CARES Act, you're right, it's, it's amazing how little attention it got, but I think it was a good, um, there's some good stuff in there, and I won't try to like summarize the whole thing, but basically it's redoubling down and making some more tangible moves towards what an interoperable, meaningful use level three meant and how to like keep, just continue the momentum there, which it, it didn't unfortunately materialize. I don't think people felt like those meaningful use level three stuff with that needed an API basically and needed you to be able to give access to patients' records. Um, they didn't materialize people actually being able to do that, right? Mm. There's still the work to consumerize it, like I was comparing to the financial transaction. Just because it's a law and just because technically you can do it, like technically Microsoft Word can do a million things. You could probably run your business off Excel, but that's technically who can actually do it, who knows how to do it, how easy it is to do. Those are the things that actually matter and get revolve around traction and why mm -hmm. startups come. And if you, if you looked at everything Epic can do 
and just said, oh, they do that well, because they, they say they do it. Um, you'd never, there'd probably never be a tech startup in, in healthcare, because there's, there's the list of what they do is enormous. But they do some things really well, and we, we like Epic, and we integrate with them, but they don't do everything well. Mm-hmm. And, and so it, it's kind of like that with the law, too. You can say there's this law in place, and you should have this interoperability. The Care Act Act moved that away in important ways um, to, uh, around like different HIEs interacting, mm-hmm. right, and, and and being able to interact and and really making sure that you can actually have useful interactions, useful records. Um, so, so that that kind of part of it, I think I'm I'm definitely in favor of that. We we use this, right? The industry mm-hmm. and the, the government and our elected officials are saying like please do this, please do this. It's now on technologists to actually make it happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, thank you for that, that, that recap and overview and uh, you know, for catching up our listeners on, you know, um, the right inputs for a mental model, right. On how to think of cares act and how it, it, it affects things um, right now and going forward um, and going, you know, on the going forward piece or, or along those lines, Tell me a little bit about the future where you see, so we have, you know, this interesting middle spot between COVID and, and, you know, God forbid, you know, some sort of second wave or or anything like that. We have a lot going on in the world right now. And so hospitals were closed. Things are changing a lot, but tell me a little bit on what you see happening in the future um, and how maybe technology is going to support these pieces. I think you've alluded to a lot of these as well, but I just love to hear about, um, you know, the, the future of health, according to Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's a loaded question, but and I definitely don't have all the answers. Sure. Um, and I, I think I, I feel lucky and optimistic about it, mostly because I think we have a great operating model within Mount Sinai to do this now with our department. We have the mindset that let's bring in the right startup type of people, technologists, consumer-driven um, user-centric focused designers and product managers. Um, and it is very, we're, you know, we're in a very product focused group. We're headed by the chief product officer. And, and, um, I think that's intentional. We're, we're not worried so much about some of the financials, some of the, um, operations marketing side of things we can be user focused product focused to build and unfortunately that's really hard when you're doing a startup where you have all those other things mm-hmm. and you know doing that for for years trying to launch a health system it, um it, it it is a challenge so that kind of renewed focus here it gives me optimism um and, and like you know what what technology can do what healthcare can look like i think what you know where i where i where we were focused and where I'd look there is like, you know, is what's the ceiling on telehealth, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and then, and then what's the ceiling on data? Like those mm-hmm. seem to be the two big themes going on that I think we're, we're bumping up against, right? There's just so much you can do in video. And it's funny. I used to ask people like, why don't you do more video visits? And they it's kind of be like, I could do like 2% of what I do, you know, in the office over video. And then when the reimbursement started coming around, they've actually tried it. it I, now I hear from physicians, it's more like, oh, maybe it's 20, 30%. I can do. <laughs> right. So there, but there's a ceiling and it's definitely not a hundred percent. It might not be 50%, but there's probably a good chunk we can do with remote monitoring and telehealth combined. Right. Remote monitoring, most, most engagement. And like, let's just take out kind of the fluff marketing words to me. Most people that say they have an engagement platform mean they have scheduled text messages 
to right. stratified patients. Right. Most people that say they have a telehealth platform just have a video solution. And, right. and so, and then most people that say they have remote monitoring, again, it's back to we on a cadence ask people questions about how their pain and how they're doing after we mm -hmm. discharge them. So if you kind of peel back all the marketing terms that make a lot of companies sound similar, there is some really undifferentiated products out there. And I think there's some really innovative differentiated ones where mm. um, it's not just about asking questions. It's about how often, when ask the right question, right? It's a big ML like machine learning problem to me. If you want to say, mimicking what happens when you actually sit down with a doctor you sit down right. with a doctor what do they do they they that you tell them a symptom they ask you well, okay what's what's bothering you and then based on what you say is the next question if you want to figure out how to ask the next best question based on the first answer that's an extremely hard problem to solve in technology right now but that is what it would be like to mimic an actual interaction with a patient and the physician, right? What is the next best question? Well, give me, give me five years in the, in the ML team. And, and so like it, it's that kind of thing. Right. And then on the, on the video tele side, if it's, again, it shouldn't just, if it's just video, we'd, we'd use zoom or FaceTime. It's the workflow around it. I think some of the stuff you guys do is, is really wonderful. And like, it, it, you have to make it work by integrating with the clinical systems, meeting the physicians where they are. You have to get it right up front by triaging. Like video isn't right for a lot of things. Should they go to an urgent care? Should they, do they just want to book with a specialist? Like, or, or, or is, is some video interaction or medication prescription, right? So you, you have to like that upfront triage, that backend integration, mm -hmm. that, 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 that kind of, if you are automating things with a bot or, or, or survey, that next best question, those are the real hairy problems that I, that I love to see people trying to solve. And I think some solutions that don't consider that stuff need to like, you know, go bye-bye, <laughs> but, but, right. um, you, you know, but, um, yeah. And it, and I think we look at chat a lot. So we do a lot with secure chat kind mm. of leading up to video or even, uh, we diagnose you are Mount Sinai, uh, text for Sinai bot will ask you a few automated questions, but really the goal is get connected to the right live human at Mount Sinai. We're 40,000 plus people and our bot is really just a triage mechanism um, to efficiently get you to the right human. And then from a, a you know, chat and mostly live synchronous chat, we, we want to figure out, can we step you up to a video? Can we get you an appointment? Can we help you? But like, that's kind of how we, the, the workflow we've come up with there mm -hmm. works. And that, that seems to be resonating. We're getting probably the most traction from that, those type of interactions. I love it. I love it. Well, Benjamin, this is great. I really appreciate, uh, you know, that perspective and, and, you know, it's a really good way of looking at innovations, companies, products, because um, there's a lot going on in this space too, but uh, we're entering uh, where generalities are no longer kind of efficient that, you know, specifics and, and capabilities need to be understood to be able to, you know, plug in the right holes and get the right workflows um, going. And, uh, you know, if there's one probably, blessing um, that's come out of this crisis and COVID is, uh, you know, to be re-examining and rethinking what needs to be, you know, optimized for on, on you know, some of the things that you're mentioning. But uh, Benjamin, I just want to say it was um, really great having you on and, and love to have you back as you work on different things and, and continue to work on different things at, at Mount Sinai. Uh, my very last question for you, I promise, is uh, 
reaching out to you, getting in contact with you uh, either directly or on social media. If our listeners would like to do that, what would be a good way to do so? Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. It's, it's, it's how we do a lot of our passive recruiting, try to find good people. And um, I like to, you know, I'll, I'll be responsive there just to chat with folks. Um, we are working on having our team kind of have a blog and, and a digital place in Mount Sinai. Um, so, so I'll maybe share that, uh, once we, once we get that going, we are still a young department. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's, this is great, Benjamin. Well, I, I, I really appreciate it. And, um, this was great having you on again. Thank you so much. Love to have you back, uh, Benjamin. So thank you for sharing our story, your story, <laughs> your focus, the future of health, the way you see it. And uh, this was this was great to have you on. And to our listeners out there, this is the Pop Health Show. This show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making other people healthier in this world. Uh, uh, Benjamin, thank you again. This was great. Anthony, thank you. And thanks for, thanks for running this and, and trying to kind of bring together people in the industry. It's super important. And hopefully the, the messages get out there and resonate. Absolutely. Absolutely. Benjamin, thank you so much. This was, this was awesome. Thank you. Take care. Bye. All right.